Hey, good morning. I'm your host, Matthew Ma, and welcome to The Truth About Real Estate. Today, I'm excited to talk with land investing expert, Christina Walls. Christina is a real estate agent investor uh, who specializes in land investment. Through her company, Land Access LLC, she helps clients sell their forested, farm, rural, commercial, and residential lands. Today, we'll be talking all about all things land investing and strategies to sell properties fast. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Glad to be here. Cool, excited. So we were just talking to you at first. You're located in Florida. Which part of Florida are you in? Central Florida. Central Florida, cool. It looks like it's nice over there. And I wanted to find out too, like when did you actually get started into land investing and like why land investing? Why not single family houses, mobile homes, you know, luxury, luxury properties? So um, January, oh gosh, about three and a half years ago, a little over three and a half years ago, it was January. So I had um, started looking into how was I going to get involved with uh, real estate investing. And um, I started going to my local RIA and, you know, everybody's doing houses and if that's kind of like the sexy, you know, thing to get into. And I wasn't real sure. I didn't have any experience do it, doing it. I wasn't crazy about flipping. You know, it just seemed like a lot of work. And I had gone to a class on land investing, and uh, there was a guy, Jack Bosch, uh, who was pre presenting um, how to become a land investor. And as I sat there and I listened to him, you know, he was talking about you can do it remotely. I like that. You can do it from anywhere. I like that. You don't have to go to the land. You don't have to meet clients there. You don't have to uh, do anything. You can do it all over the United States from your house. You can pull pictures from the internet. And um, there was a couple sitting in front of me and they had just closed their like first deal and made 20 K. And I'm like, man, I think I could do this. <laughs> So I literally, I signed up, they, he was offering a program, the Land Profit Generator, and I signed up to uh, learn how to do it. And in 30 days, I did my first deal. And I thought, wow, that was not too hard. And I did it, you know, so then I said, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> nice. That is really cool because, you know, most people, when they talk about real estate, talk about investing, they always think about single family houses. They think about, think about uh, flipping houses, um, you know, house hacking and things like that. But they don't really talk about land investing as so much. I don't really hear it. Yeah, no. And so therefore, like, for instance, in Central Florida, if you are a house wholesale or a house flipper right now, you're struggling to just get a good deal because it's there's just the inventory is low. But land, I get it. I put it on the market and literally sometimes over the weekend, I've got it under contract and we're heading to closing. You know, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, the rate at this point in time in history that land is um, moving. Nice. Land is, land is actually the, one of the most valuable parts of it too, like location and land. Right. So mm -hmm. like, why aren't people really talking about buying, buying more land properties and like, how do people even come to think about it? So one of the things I found out when I first started doing land and I would be sitting in the RIAs, um, I heard like slander <laughs> against land. <laughs> Why? You know, yeah. Right. And it was yeah. just because it was a territory that a lot of people had never gone into. So rather than, you know, being open to it, they were slandering it. Oh, land sits on the market forever. You see people, they never uh, sell their land. 
And um, what they what they failed to realize is that it sits on the market when it's overpriced. When it's priced right, it moves. I've even sold land in Florida that was wetland, landlocked, and had a gate that you couldn't even get to it. But some local guy who hunts in that area was like, yeah, I'll buy it. I said, <laughs> I'll sell it. <laughs> nice. How does he use it? If you can't get if there's a gate, how does he get how does he get to it by boat or something? Or like you well, know? He's, he's a local, he knows the back way in, he grew up in that area. I don't really care how he gets to it as long as he <laughs> buys it from me, you know? Yeah, that's true. He, he'll, he'll find a way to make it happen. That's why he's buying it, right? Yes, that's right. And he needed the land to be able to um, not get in trouble to hunt in that area. Oh, nice. Yeah. How, how big was that land anyways? It was like an acre. It was an acre mm -hmm. uh, and it was 100% wetland. It was unbuildable. Um, I don't even, it was landlocked. It wasn't on a path. You had to like take your ATV just to get there. So there is a buyer for every parcel. At first I passed those lot type of lots up yeah. and then I spoke to a co-land investor and he was like, oh, don't tell anybody. And here I am on a podcast. Saying <laughs> hey, you're just sharing a little bit of information about it. It's still all about you and getting access to these properties. But it is nice to hear that too, that people actually want to buy wetlands and landlocked properties that they don't have easy access to. And like, you can't build on it. That sounds so difficult to me. You know? Yeah, it does. But so everybody has a different threshold also. For instance, um, you can sell property that's landlocked that uh, may or may not have an easement. And, and so you have to price it accordingly. If there's no easement, obviously you cannot sell it um, at a higher price. You have to reduce the price because somebody's going to have to take the uh, effort in to get the easement. And it's probably not going to be me unless it would add a tremendous amount of value to the land. And then I would purchase it, get take those steps. But typically, I'm just more interested in, um, you know, turning it. So as a land investor, are you wholesaling these properties? Or are you actually buying it and then selling it? Or, you know, like, what are you doing? So I'm doing a two, two, two or three different things. Sometimes I just buy it cash outright if I know that it's a good deal and it's going to sell. Um, sometimes I wholesale them and then sometimes I buy them outright and then I sell them on uh, terms, uh, seller financing to create cash flow. That's sort of kind of my favorite because I like the cash flow. But of course, you need the uh, cash sales in order to, you know, keep the momentum going. What's a good, uh, what do you consider a good deal? Like, what do you look for when you look for land? So one of the things that I have found that will move a property, depending on the area, but in general, if you can find in, in, in residential, uh, a lot, either an infill lot, which are a little harder to get, uh, a city lot, those sell very fast, but they're a lot harder to get because there's not as many of them. Or if you look for maybe a one acre lot that's zoned for mobile homes, those lots just, they don't, they just sell quickly. That's very true. Yeah, if you can get access to a land where you can use it for a mobile home park, that'd be, that'd be even better. And then storage access. Yeah, it, well, it would be. However, in Florida, um, they won't zone for a mobile home park anymore. That's mm -hmm. not something they do anymore. But storage, yeah, definitely. I would buy and put boats on it, put storage on it, put RVs on it, you know, <laughs> add value to it. <laughs> nice, exactly. So when you buy, just say, let's say you buy raw land, how do you even fund it? Like, is there like lenders out there who fund it? You have to fund it by cash or hard money? 
So um, sometimes I double close on it. So there's no funding involved. The end buyer pays for it. If it's a more expensive lot, and I know like sometimes like if you got a half a million dollar lot, uh, it may take a little longer to sell. Um, and yeah, you can get funding for it. Um, you can double close on it uh, or depending on the price point, um, you can just pay cash for it. it. It really depends. But yeah, trust me, there are people that will fund land. Um, you know, it's a good uh, return on their investment. And sometimes they can partner and do uh, splits with the profit. So there's a lot of different ways of uh, purchasing it if you don't want to use your own money. Nice. That's, that sounds good. And then like when you're buying these lands, like are there a lot of buyers out there who are looking for, or is it mostly developers, other investors who are like investors who can develop and build their own projects on the, on the land? So for the most part, it's just individual private uh, buyers that are looking maybe to put a, put some, put a house on it, a mobile home on it, or they're just buying it for uh, future investment. But for the most part, it's individuals um, who are just looking to put a house on it eventually, um, unless it's a commercial lot, then obviously it's a, it's a different realm. It's usually somebody wanting to like, you know, you know, maybe create some kind of business. So basically, you know, like just like real estate sales, you have to really build a, a really good buyer database and understand your clientele, what they're looking for, and then find the right property to match it with them. And well, then it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. So um, I go after the uh, the sellers. I just do a I throw out a large net to people that own land and I ask them if they want to sell. And so they call me and then I send them offers and then I, I do have a buyer's list, you know, but I also, you know, just sell it in in the market on, you know, sometimes I list it with a realtor if it's a higher price property or I just throw it up on Facebook marketplace, you know, and create terms and people will be like, yeah, thousand dollars down. Yeah. 250 a month. I'm in, you know, you don't have to get a bank loan. You don't have to do anything. So it's kind of the opposite. They're, hmm. they're chasing me down, which I like that concept I, better. <laughs> that is a, a better concept too, especially if you can, uh, yeah, like you can create a seller funnel and like really find those sellers who are, have properties to sell. And like, they might have like, you know, why did they originally buy it? Were they going to use it or they just bought it to hold it for as investment? They figured they sell it now. So there's a lot of different scenarios sometimes. So land is a little unique. Oftentimes, like your grandparents buy land and they don't use it and it just uh, gets inherited. That's very common. So the uh, grandchildren, they get this parcel of land and they have they might live in Illinois, you know, and they're the lot is in Florida. They don't care about it. They have no attachment to it so they'll sell it so i don't buy at market value i bought i buy like maybe 30 percent of market value and sell nice. it at about 80 percent of market value that's kind of the ratio so sometimes there's divorces sometimes there's death sometimes they wanted to purchase and build but they changed their mind you know there's a variety of scenarios sometimes they stop paying taxes because it's costing them maybe they inherited it and it's costing them to keep it you know so a lot of different ways why reasons why people will sell below market value that's nice yeah i actually never in 14 years i've never sold land yet in like in the bay area it's hard to fi find land for sale unless you're in the coast side or some, some specific but yeah selling land 
definitely interesting. And I see people who want to build homes on it. It takes a lot of work in the sense of, you know, you're selling land first and then buying it. And then you're going to start development to build. And the build time nowadays, especially in 2021, takes a long time with permitting process and then building and just development and cost of materials went up skyrocketing. Yeah. So it's like tough. And then, but if you can get a good location and get a good discount on the land, then it, it couldn't financially make sense to build a house. You know, yeah. just take, gotta take the time to do it. And even if you're going to sell or finance it, because I don't let you build on it until it's paid off in full. So they may have five years to get it paid for, save their money to build that house. And, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot of advantages about seller financing a parcel. It gives them time to, and sometimes people are looking to retire. So they know maybe in like five years, I'm going to retire and I want to move out of the city. You know, I, it, it is a little in you know, you don't get a lot of properties in the city, like the info lots, because again, the amount of uh, city lots that are available are so small compared to when you step out of the city and you go into maybe some of the rural areas or the small towns, that's where the money's at. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Especially you mentioned too, you don't have to physically be there. Like, okay, you want to buy, you want to go see this land. You can just drive down there to yourself, take a look at the land. Here's, here's the markers for the lot lines. If you wanted, yeah. you know, that pin makes drops. it easier. Pin drops, go here. <laughs> <laughs> pin drops around the whole area. That, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's a lot easier. Not easier. It's a lot different, but it's also fun in a sense that, yeah, you can actually scale that and people anywhere can buy because they want to live in that location and say, well, I can just look at it on the map and here's the area, here's the approximate size and here's what you're getting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's land. Land might not be the uh, sexiest uh, uh, product on the market, but it's, I like it. It's easy and it creates, it creates cash. It creates cash flow. You know, it's I don't have to buy cabinets and and paint and oversee crews or, you know, if the pipe bursts, it's not on my land. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Not like some um, gas, electricity and other things like underground that would, yes. you know. Yes, yes, yes. So when you're buying these lands, like as a, as a as a buyer, like what do you look out for when you're buying land? So. I get some of the things you do have to be concerned about is so I, um, I, I, I pull large County lists of all the landowners and some of the things that I filter out are like, um, super small lots that you like, that might be a ditch. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to buy someone's ditch. I don't want to buy the, uh, the, the path between two garages and stuff like that. And I also don't want like ridiculously cheap lots that, um, Maybe there's no value because, um, again, it might be a retention pond. It might be something that is just not usable. So one of the some of the things I look for is assessed value and lot size. Um, and sometimes I look for properties that are tax delinquent, um, but most of my deals are not through tax delinquent. They're usually just through simple um, requests for an offer. Do you want to sell your land? You know, so... And, but I do look for, I look for when I do a little bit of research in areas, I look for like the growth rates. Is there a good growth rate here? Um, are, are properties moving on the market? You know, so I do some research to determine if an area uh, would work for me. Nice. So yeah, basically, yeah, you're hunting uh, for specific sellers and have criteria to find out. And then at the same time, after you find out who's available, then you're finding out who actually wants to sell. And you're actually reaching out to these people like 
there, how do you find these people like on, online just doing searches and doing uh, like trace skipping, skip tracing? No, I just do direct mail. We do mail. bulk mail. And, <laughs> um, so like every month I probably do maybe like 7,000 letters, something like that. And um, you, I'll get anywhere between five to 15 to 20 deals a month in. Damn. So always, well, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it is, yeah. especially if you know anything about the house market, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now some of those deals will go bust. Like they won't come to fruition. Maybe there's a probate that the uh, sellers just don't want to deal with. You know, there might be so many back taxes or liens that you just can't resolve. You know, so some of those deals might not uh, come to fruition, you know, but whatever. You know, there's a constant cycle of deals coming in, a constant cycle of deals going out. You know, it's it's a. Uh, it's quite lovely. <laughs> well, it is. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you're sending mail out and you know, based on your statistics so far, you're like 7,000 campaigns, mailers, you're getting 15 to 20 leads possibly, and be, it becomes actionable sellers. And even those other 6,000 plus, that one day they might be ready and say, hey, I actually saved this card and I'm ready to sell it now. And yeah. Yeah, So out of the 7,000, there's going to be somewhere around 200 people calling us asking for offers not everybody is going to take the offer but we do first offers and second offers and third offers even so we're constantly um you know reaching out so in the one month period some of the offers that are coming in that are being accepted are sometimes second offers. sometimes they just want a little more money sometimes they want to call and negotiate you know and i know i know where my top is and i know how much i should be able to sell it for so I have no issues, you know, negotiating with people on, uh, you know, maybe if they want a better price, that's fine. They don't know it was my first offer anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then one thing I find interesting too, is like, you don't have to, like as an agent for myself, you don't have to, you don't have to physically go meet the, these people in person because it's, you know, like, what are you showing me? You show me your land. Okay. I can just look at it. I don't need to go walk, walk a house and take a look at every inside conditions. Right. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, literally, that's why, like when somebody says, uh, because oftentimes land doesn't have a street number. Yeah. So they'll be like, well, can you send me the street number? And I'll say, well, vacant land doesn't oftentimes have a, um, a street number assigned to it till you know, something's built there. I said, but I can send you like the Google map link or the GIS coordinates, you know, and you just pin drop it and send it to them and they put in their GPS and they're off. And I mean, I sell, I buy and sell all over the United States. I mean, I primarily work in Florida, but I've got, you know, I've sold in uh, all over the United States. So I'm not limited or restricted to an area. I don't have to do, I don't have to, um, get an estimate of repairs, you know, it's, it's dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much does it cost to repair dirt? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah. You just gotta watch out for like, how about like, you know, for example, in a land, you're, you're not even looking at phase one, phase two projects yet. You're just selling the land, raw land. No, no. Yeah. But I, as you progress as a land investor, mm -hmm. you start realizing if I buy this piece of land and I develop it, I can go from maybe a hundred thousand dollar profit to like a million dollar profit. So you have to start shifting, but you have, depending on your personality, you have to be, there's, I know a lady who adds value to her land. Oh my gosh. She is like the queen <laughs> because she, she can take a piece of land and, you know, create millions out of it. Nice. by developing it. So that's what's on my horizon. You know, I haven't found the right parcel yet because it has to be like, 
It has to be the right kind of land. It can't be like a quarter acre lot. It has to be a larger parcel that maybe you can rezone and you can break up and you could maybe put mobile homes on it or manufactured homes. And now that's whenever your um, skill of being a land investor just steps up a notch. And that's when also your profit will just jump tremendously. Nice. So I think for you, if you just started looking like using your database and finding those sellers who had those exact criteria and started digging into them and asking them specific questions to, you know, build up that lead generation and then follow up with them and just start finding the ones that make sense for you and doing doing those deals, then yeah, if you can like 10x that profit margin on it for the same amount of work you're doing, just yeah. a different, like a different niche, right? A little bit different. It is. Well, it's kind of like the evolution <laughs> of land investing. I mean, some people never, never want to develop, but I, as a person, I definitely have that, like, I at least want to do it once just to see what, what's on the other side, you know? <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do it. Cause one thing you think about too, and just in sales in general, like, okay, you can go the easy fast route, which is like making it really easy access and limiting the amount of complexity to the deal mm -hmm. makes it so much simpler. So you can just focus on doing this and doing it at scale rather than when you start adding complexity to the deal, then it takes so much more time that you're actually losing um, sales traction. So which is better? There's not better, but I think that, you know, doing all kinds of things just to learn at one time is really knowledge, good for knowledge. But at the same time, if you just want to be the number one land seller, then you're going the fast, easy route. Yeah. But, but also, so the good thing about land is you can um, outsource a lot of stuff and then it can be in a lot of ways automated. So if you do want to merge into another area, you have your system set up so that the business is not so dependent on you. And so that's one of the beautiful, my whole goal of getting into real estate was being able to create the life I wanted to live the way I wanted to live it. I didn't want to be like a slave to the business. You know, I travel a lot. I do a lot of things. I have a lot of interests and I wanted to be able to create a business that would allow me to live that way. And after you kind of get to know the business and you have your system set down, you know, it really doesn't take like that much time to do deals. You know, I'm overseeing um, the closings, you know, and I'm talking to some of the, um, the sellers and buyers, you know, and that's kind of it. I've got everything else outsourced, you know, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of the dream, right? <laughs> but that is a dream for some people. It should be the dream for, I think it should be a dream for more people, but I don't think people actually realize that or want to take the risk to do it. Yeah. So taking the risk, um, that's a very great way of putting it. One of the things that I found coming into real estate investing was a shift in my mind frame. You have to, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and as an investor, you have to have that shift. You can't be, um, you have to overcome certain fears. You have to overcome certain fears of risk. You have to step out of maybe how you were raised and what you were taught about money, you know, and you have to get into new circles. And once that happens, oh my gosh, the world just starts opening up. <laughs> I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I think a key part of that you just mentioned is getting into the circles that you want to be in. For example, if you want to be a real estate investor, 
start meeting up with real estate investors and just listening and hearing it. And by acknowledging that your mindset's automatically changing because like, Hey, all these great people are doing it. Why can't I do it too? And like, let me learn from what they're doing and start doing it too. And there's so much abundant opportunity out there, but people are just not taking advantage of it. And they're like, of course, you know, corporate jobs and other jobs, they just want to keep you locked in, just keep the, building the culture and like you stay there forever until you retire, you know, but that's not the exact life. I think most of us don't want to live. No, we don't, but it's comfortable, it's secure, so it seems, and um, it doesn't take you out of your comfort zone. So in order to grow, you have to step out of that comfort zone. You got to, you know, you've heard the story about burn the burn the boat. If you really want to make a change, you have to change, and you really have to sever those ties from where you've come from, and you have to just stay focused on that goal, whatever that goal is. You know, and uh, there's a great book called The Alchemist. I don't know if you've ever read it. Yeah, heard of it. Yeah, it's a great book. So he talks about when he begins to move towards his destiny, his destiny begins to move towards him. But he had to like sell his flock first, which was all he knew. He was a shepherd. All he had to sell all of that, and then as he began to move toward what he wanted, what he wanted began to move toward him, and doors began to open up. I mean, he had adversity, which you're going to have adversity, but you have to learn how to deal with those things and not crumble. And I think that investing is the greatest teacher in that area. <laughs> you're right. Cause you're, you're definitely always learning a lot in, especially in real estate investing, you're learning a lot and there's so many different avenues or so many different to risk tolerances and you have to figure out what's good for you and what's good for your clients, you know, and yeah. find the right properties to do it. And then as you keep investing, you learn so much per deal. Every deal is always different, but you learn a lot from each deal and you get better and better and faster and easier yeah. and you become more, you know, adapt to it. Right. That's right. I remember when I first started getting into uh, land and um, I had to like make all these phone calls and learn about due diligence. And even just the other day I had to go before the magistrate to ask for a lien to be released so I could, close on this deal without there being any hindrance and i was like i don't even know what going before the magistrate is do i like, how do i show up what do i do what do i say so i just took the paperwork the title the company gave me and i showed up i didn't even have everything i needed but i went in confidently like yeah it's going to get released it got released and so you learn things like I feel like being an investor just makes you so much smarter because you have to learn certain things. If I wanted to sell this land, I had to go before basically court and I had to address my case and it got released. It didn't cost me a penny, but I had to show up. And that's a lot of that's a lot of what it takes is having the confidence and the tenacity to say, yeah, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing and I'm committed to committed to learning how to do it. And once you do that, Man. <laughs> oh man it sounds like so much fun and just you know the, the investing side of things is just a lot of fun and i think more people all of us needed to really do it and like really drill down like whether you want to do airbnb you want to do fix and flip you want to do land investing multi-units like you just got to start doing it and it's hard because um you know people are like okay like my family hasn't done it yet or i don't know how many friends have done it like how do i really get started and most people don't go do i go to a meetup do i look on bigger pockets or other websites and start listening to podcasts but the hard part is like pulling the trigger the first property is always the hardest one right it is because you really like on my first deal like i had the contract all wrong i had <laughs> them as the seller me as the buyer you know i just messed it up. i still mess stuff up you know and i just don't care like i you know i just 
I don't take it. Um, I don't take it too like to horror and too serious. You know, people are people, and usually you're dealing with pretty normal people. Sometimes you deal with some some crazy, but <laughs> you got to do that too. But most times, like on the first contract when I had it wrong, I just called them up. You know, I just called. They called me up and they said, "Oh, you got this wrong." I said, "Oh, you know, I had a bunch of my friends' kids at the house." And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I had a house full of kids. Let me just fix it. No problem. It was no big deal. You know, you have to like not care if you mess up and not like build it inside yourself. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mess up. I can't do it right. Just fix it. <laughs> yeah, people are always striving for perfection when they should really just strive for you know, execution. Yes. True. And it's tough. And yeah, everyone messes up their first deals and they learn from it. And yeah, you're right. You actually, you put a good point, like, you know, saying, saying the fact that, Hey, you know, if you have some family kids over just distractions and you're trying to get it through because you wanted to submit an offer. You want to you know, help make it work. And people are pretty, pretty much pretty nice to work, want to work with you because they're trying to put the deal together. Right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. But the fear is what people think of like, Hey, I can't do this. I'm doing it wrong. I don't even know what I'm doing. I, the fear stops everyone from doing yeah. The uncomfortability of things. That's right. I've I've heard this saying. It might have even been Grant Cardone talks about <laughs> doing it. Um, it's better to basically do it and do it wrong than to not do it. And I could not agree more. You know, the momentum. And again, I I don't know why I have the alchemist in my mind today. Um, That's good. But it talks about. Um, he talks about when the 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 uh, like the beginner's luck when you first start moving into the direction that you want to move in, not what your parents want, not what just makes money, but what you want to do, um, things start unfolding. Like I did my first deal in 30 days. People are like, oh, you did it in 30 days. It was because I began to move in the direction I wanted to move into. you know. And again, it's like things just start happening in your favor because you're no longer like, um, just doing something like I had another business and I hated the business after a while. I just, I, 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 I didn't enjoy it anymore. I wanted to be done with it. So once I started, I overcome the fear of like, I don't know how to invest. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. But once I put that aside and I said, I'm still, I'm going to commit to learning it and doing it. And then again, things just opened up and it, even to this, even to this day, you know, like earlier this year, I have a, a goals, Thing on my wall. Nice. I wanted to create another stream of income. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I get a phone call. A girlfriend's like, "Hey, do you want to uh, go partner in on this deal? It it was a it would be it'll be a subscription type of situation." And I was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, and, and again, that's just whenever you start to kind of put it out there, and you don't like you don't get all flustered about it, you don't get all upset about it. It's kind of like getting into the flow of things the proper flow of things yeah i think you just mentioned a couple of great points like one is really having like a vision board and really putting it out there when you actually write it down and put it out there your mind visually will think about it and make it happen if you write it down when you don't write it down you just think in your head you actually lose track of it right it just disappears but when you put it on paper or on the wall you look at it like Oh man, I, I didn't even start yet. Or I'm gonna, I gotta get there too. It's, and 2021, I'm gonna be done with that. And you force yourself to do it, and you you actually get the momentum going. And the momentum takes time, but what happens is you're just compounding luck with your time, right? And as you keep focusing on what you want, the compounding effect of it will really vastly 
do really well. And people are like, wow, you did all that? You know, how did you accomplish so much so quickly, right? It's because you focused on doing what you wanted to do. Like we, all of us can do so much more than we're actually capable of. Like we don't think of it like, oh, I can't do that. But if you put your mind to it, you can actually do all, almost all of it. Oh yeah. And, and I, it's crazy. I, I find that like the surrender, like instead of the struggle, like, you know, I was, I was raised in a home where like they were hard workers, everybody was hard workers. They, you know, and I was, a, I'm a hard worker too, but I don't want to be a hard worker. I want to be a smart worker. <laughs> Work smart, play hard, you know, that's how you know? I would say it. And so, so I've had to, sh- even that I've had to shift to like, to like kind of the surrender of like, I don't why it's, it's that mind frame. Why should I have to work so hard? Why can't I just function differently? You know, and that's, and, and that's a, that's a hard shift to make, especially like um, when that's like our, our, our system is set up that way, you know? And so again, it's kind of making those shifts. And, and, and again, I, I truly believe it starts when you begin to move and what you want to do. I, I wanted to do real estate investing. I didn't know it was going to be land, you know, but as, and it came to me, you know, and that's the beauty of it. Like the opportunities come to you when you're ready, you know, and that, and the more you function like that, the better it is. And another thing I'm finding is that the energy of money, the energy of money is excitement. It's the anticipation. It's like when you got a deal and you're all excited about it and you're like, "Mm, mm, mm," (laughs) you know, that's the energy of money. When you buy something that you're excited about and you're not begrudging it because it costs a lot, that's the energy of money. And you're happy when you get it. You're like, yeah, this is nice, you know? And so you have to sometimes refocus and get yourself back into that positive flow you know, because if you're like, oh, man, I never get deals. Why am I not getting deals? Then you're focusing on what you're not getting rather than what it is you really want. <laughs> exactly. I think, too, like knowing your numbers uh, really helped, too, because if you know, like, for example, you mentioned earlier, too, like when you reach out to 7000 people, you're going to yeah. get. 200 300 contacts out of the 200 300 contacts you can get 15 to 20 deals when you first start as an investor you don't know what your numbers are because you haven't done it yet and you really have to just keep pushing forward and soon enough you'll find your numbers and once you realize your your stats you're like okay if i reach out to five thousand ten thousand people i'm gonna get one deal great i just reach out to the next ten thousand i'll get a deal and as i keep going i'll get better and better and better and more people will start contacting me maybe my content sucks maybe what i say isn't, isn't good yet but it will be and knowing your numbers will get you to your end goal, right? Absolutely. So when I first started uh, going into the land profit generator, I didn't have a coach and I had, I got to a point where like I was um, like hit a cap and it's like, man, why can't I go? Why can't I scale? Why can't I get beyond this uh, amount? And I was kind of like, and it happened in my other business. I'd never had any um, business background. I just had the desire, you know, so I um, was at a conference for Land Profit Trader and they were offering coaching. So I said, let me go ahead and get into this coaching because I just imagine like Hussein Bolt, he does not get on the podium by himself. You know, he had to get some help. So as I sat there, I was like, man, I got to spend the money to do that coaching. And I did. I spent the money. And one of the first things I was taught was the key performance indicators, just what you were saying, the numbers. I had never tracked the numbers. I didn't even have a clue how to do it. 
And after our first coaching call, my coach showed me how to track the numbers. And I was like, why aren't they teaching this like in high school? Yeah, why not? You know, it was a game changer for me. And I was like, and then he was like, so just reverse engineer that. I was like, genius. <laughs> oh my gosh, how could I have been like in my 40s and I never learned that? You know, and and now like I reverse engineer like all kinds of things, you know, I'll be like, oh, just reverse engineer that. But you're you are so right. Once you can look at the numbers and you know what you can control, if you send out this amount of letters, you get this amount of calls, it produces this amount of offers and it converts to this amount of sales. Game over. But you got to know it. It's in, it's so crucial. That is basically the really important key. And even then, a lot of people, a lot of sales agents, they don't even know the numbers. They don't do it. They don't keep track of it. And they don't want, I think it's the fear of keeping track of it. If I keep track, I'm actually holding myself accountable. By holding myself accountable, I actually know if I'm good, doing good or I'm failing. Well, you're doing good if you're doing it and tracking it. It doesn't matter what the number is yet. It matters what your end result and you getting there by knowing your numbers. But a lot of people are still hesitant to want to fill it out. I agree. And it does take a little while. It does take a while to keep track. I like when I started with my coach, it took me a few months to actually having doing the work to actually um, find out what the numbers really are. You know, I was told by other people, well, the numbers should be this or that. But whenever I did it in my own business, um, it was a it was it was phenomenal. I mean, again, I just am so shocked that they don't teach this in high school. Yeah, I wish more people teach it. I wish more in sales would teach this and, you know, people in any industry help you like realize that knowing your numbers is really important. And by doing it daily as an activity is just your main point. You'll actually understand yourself way better. You know where you're lacking, where you're progressing and what actually makes sense. Like, for example, if you're submitting my dark mailing and getting zero results for years, probably should stop doing it. If you're calling, you're doing really well. Call more. Right. And if you're emailing video, whatever it is, social media, then start throwing you know gas on it right absolutely yeah it was it was a game changer i just and i have another friend that's an entrepreneur and i told her after i learned how to do it she was like oh i need to scale my business and i told her how to you know just run the numbers and her business has just exponentially gone up in like a short period of time so it doesn't matter what your industry is like you were saying if those numbers work whether you're an investor whether you're you know whatever your industry is Nice. Do you guys do like um, social media, video, calling, um, any other types of marketing? Uh, no, occasionally we'll, I'll do like certain like follow up, but not. Uh, no, really, we don't. We just do primarily uh, direct mail. Nice. I'm glad to hear that works. Is in real estate sales, some people say, "Hey, direct mail doesn't work." I'm like, "It doesn't work if you don't do it." Of course, it doesn't work. But if you do it, you gotta do it consistently over time and provide that value to get the connection. Also, depends on demographic, price points, and everything. For example, let's say land investors—they look at the mail more often than they might look at social media, right? Different age generations, different groups, different price points. We have to find out what it is in your mar your target market to understand how to advertise to them, right? Yeah, that's right. And and again, when I learned how to do land investing, I went through the uh, I went through land profit generator and it was step one, step two, step three. And so I just really followed that model. And that's something else that um, oftentimes you'll you'll want to get into investing and somebody will offer you a program, but they fail to realize that when you're brand new, you need step one, do step one. When you're done with step one, do step two. You know, sometimes they're trying to have you do things that is beyond your skill level and you don't even know why you're doing it. You know, so um, 
the benefit that that I needed. I needed the step one, step two, step three, and it worked. And therefore, I still I still follow the exact same method. I may have tweaked it a little bit based on how I want to automate things and how I just want to run my business. But the uh, the method again, you if if it works, why, why try to reinvent the wheel? You know. That's very true too. And I see a lot of people do that too. Like in um, sales wise, people always want to skip all the foundational basics, things you really need to do to build up your business. They're like, ah, I just want to do a sale right now and like get instant profit. I'm like, really? You can do that? That's that, that easy. You know, it takes years and people fail in the first two years because they're really not doing the foundational things. But anyway, it takes too much time. Like you really want me to build up my brand, my vision, my story, tell, tell people why, understand my own why and build up my, you know, brand marketing and all content uh, collateral. It takes a lot of work, right, to build up a business. It does take a lot of work. And um, sometimes people don't realize some, when you're standing in front of somebody who has had some level of success, you don't see that, like, I was working, I was running two businesses. I was running, my my son was not driving at the time. I was running him back and forth to school. You know, I was, like, sitting up late at night, like, doing my <laughs> property research, you know. I didn't have the capital. I, You know, I was trying to figure out how am I going to, uh, wholesale this quickly so I can get my cash back. How am I going to pay for the mailers? And how am I going to learn how to mail merge? You know, <laughs> I don't know how to do Excel spreadsheets. You know, and you're right. And, and people don't fail because they don't have the uh, smarts or the intelligence or the money. They fail because they fail to put in the necessary commitment and work that it takes. You know, but once you get through that, then you you need to then shift your focus to scaling your business. And then that's a whole nother level of learning. But again, once you get to that point, you know, you can travel and, and pretty much create the business the way you want to live. But yeah, it takes some work too. You're right. And I like that too. Like, for example, in land investing, you really can build a really good scalable business. And like uh, you mentioned earlier, you can do a lot of automation, you can do a lot of outsourcing and have a whole team around it. And you can be the main face of it. And as you keep progressing, you can focus on learning more about developments, learning more about building it out and starting to do those kind of um improving add values uh, items on it. So that's gets a lot of fun too. And the part, second part I'd like to that the ability to scale the business becomes uh, tremendous because if you can do this in Florida and you start doing it across all states and you built a team surrounding it and you had really good direct marketing campaigns and you, you knew your numbers and once you start going across states then and the numbers still work, then you can know, hey, I can scale this across 50 states. I can do exactly build a sales team, ISA team and do this at, at scale. Then that becomes phenomenal. It's a scalable model, right? That you can actually has an asset to sell too if you ever wanted to sell it one day. Yeah, that's right. And because land creates cash, you then can take that cash and buy other income producing assets, which, which I would recommend to anybody <laughs> that's making money is to um, create the other streams of income, you know, and that it's, again, these are, when it comes to land, these are things people overlook. They don't, they think all oh, land, it's, you know, it's just land. But if you think about it, there's a tremendous amount of land you know, in the United States that's still not developed. You know, there's just a lot of land here. Nice. And we're talking about, too, in regards to land, um, what, kind of, what kind of types of land are there that you can buy? Well, there's a lot of different types. There's um, the, the main one that I buy and sell is just vacant residential lots. 
you know, uh, but sometimes it's zoned ag, so agricultural, you know, for like farms and livestock, there's a forestry where you can harvest the, uh, the trees. Um, there's recreational. Recreational would be like, it probably doesn't have any buildable use, but you can use it for hunting, camping, you know, things like that, or ATVing. Um, there's the commercial lots um, where you can put the uh, multifamilies or the businesses on. There's the info lot, the city lots uh, that are in town where you can build houses. There's mobile home lots. There's single family home lots. You know, there's just, there's a large variety. If you look around, everything that's got a structure on it is zoned for some kind of uh, land use. And uh, each county has different land use codes for land. So when you are buying land, one of the good things you have to look into, or one of the important things you have to look into is the use codes. You know, um, and I primarily go after vacant residential lots. Nice, because oh, why vacant residential? Because they sell. They sell. <laughs> it's a lot easier to sell it, right? Because it's already zoned for vacant residential, so they, they can just sell it and start building, uh, start working on permitting to build it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then when you're doing that, for example, you help sell vacant land a lot. Do you help the new buyer if if you're representing them as well? Do you help them guide them on like who to use, who to contact, how to get started in developing? No, I don't. I do have a due diligence list um, if they want it, but no, I, I, I do have numbers and I have like maybe well inceptive people or costs and stuff like that. If they ask me for recommendations and I have them, I will give them to them. But, um, you know, I just, I don't get involved with that. Nice. And for the most part, they might have an agent themselves and then that agent uh, or themselves uh, just start working on the next steps for to build out a new home. Well, so most people that buy land never use agents. Mm -hmm. They okay. just, it's directly, I buy and sell just through the title company. There's, there's very seldomly have I ever used an agent except nice. sell properties. And those are ex more ex like a hundred thousand dollars and plus then I'll list them. Um, uh, but usually, you know, it's just, uh, we take the contracts to the title company and the title company facilitates the closings. Hey, so that makes it a lot simpler too. And it saves them uh, money as well. And then they can figure out the next steps themselves and how to build their own home. Yeah, that's correct. What's the average price that, uh, of land anyways, that you're buying and selling? Well, it kind of varies. It, typically in Florida, I will buy land anywhere between, um, on a average, on average, probably anywhere between two to $5,000. And I'll be reselling it anywhere between 18 to 32. That's a very standard uh, price point that I come in out and I sell at. Not too bad, not too not too expensive. I think in in San Francisco, it costs up to twenty five thousand just for a bath and remodel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now there are certain. Um, I do have some higher price, like half a million dollar lots. I do have like really nice lots. Yeah. Um. And uh, but you don't get those as much. So there are some people that they only focus on higher price deals too. So I do I do it all. I do lower price deals and higher price deals. When you do higher price deals, you probably won't, you know, be cranking out 100 deals a year. You may be only doing like, uh, you know, 10 to 20, something like that. But your profit is so much higher. You know, I'll average maybe right around 50 deals plus a year. But again, when you hit the higher price points and that again, that's another niche. Some people just go straight into some people. 
their niche is the really cheap lots and they seller finance the crap out of them. And they've got like 300 seller financing deals, you know, that's that a lot to manage. Yeah. Well, you're not but, managing it. You're having a, a loan service manage it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. So you're not, if you're managing it, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You're out of, you're really doing a lot of work. But at that, if you got 300, trust me, you just pay someone. You'll find a way to do it and just pay someone and take care of it. Yeah, make it easier. And you charge the uh, the buyer a service fee for that. Nice. That's a smart way to do it too and build up that passive income streams. Oh yeah, I love it. I love the passive income. Love it. What made you think about like really getting into like passive income streams? Well, I like having all of my bills covered every single month <laughs> and I like not having to worry about like having a job. I mean, I haven't had a job for years, but my other, I got rid of my other business, you know, cause I didn't like it, I, but I needed, I wanted to compensate and, and supersede what I was making. So, uh, and that's part of, you know, what, what I, as a coach and what I was taught and how to do that, you know, it's just, it's just so much nicer to be able to have income every single month coming in and you're not having to like labor for it. You've already put in the work you've already bought and sold. And I do my notes for usually around five years and I'm always selling properties on seller finance every single month. I'm doing multiple seller financing deals. So every single month my income goes up. Nice. That's actually really cool because yeah, you're doing seller financing, you know, your numbers and you know, you can, as you keep selling and progressing and having more cash flow and more um, equity that you can just keep building this and start elevating it up. That's actually really smart because you're getting access to properties, you're buying and selling, you're, you're seller financing it back out to them. And then you're building both multiple streams that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. And multiple streams is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't get stuck in that. Like in corporate world, like, Hey, just work, get a job, pay your rent, pay your bills, pay, buy your house and then just live. Right. Like passive income is like one of the most, um, unfathomable things you can actually do. And like when you create that multiple revenue streams and have all this sleep, when you sleep at night, like Warren Buffett says, you sleep at night, you're making money, lots of money. It just makes life so much easier, more fun. You have more capability to, to do more. And then people should realize that that there's ability, regardless of price, there's availability somewhere to start building up at scale and creating passive income streams. Like one day, I would love to see like a hundred thousand a month or more. Some people get to millions of dollars a month. That's crazy. Yeah, that's great. I want. I haven't hit the million dollar mark, so that's eighty four k a month. So that's, that's on the board. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna hit that million, you know, 84. Yeah. So, but you start creating secondary stream, multiple streams of income. And if you, again, you reverse engineer that it's really not that hard to do, you know, that's like four um, streams of income at 20 K a month, you know, a little over four. It's 21. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you break it down like that. And you're like, that's not that hard. You know, it's, it's just, but, it, but again, it, it takes a little change of the mind frame. It takes knowing that you deserve it, that you can do it. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. It's easy to say, oh, making a million dollars, 84K a month, but there has to be a lot of shifts. Most of us were not raised with parents that were making 84K a month, you yeah. know? So there is a, there's a traumatic shift that has to happen inside of us and i think you know there has to be certain levels of healing you know we have to heal from the lies we've told ourselves 
you know, and people sometimes don't realize that until you've kind of done your own work and you have done the personal growth, you know, you can't go from a hundred thousand dollars a year to a million and still be the same person. You're going to have to go through some shifts and there's a lot. It is, and, and there's a lot of resistance. People have resistance. Even I, you know, I have resistance sometimes. I'd be like, okay, what's blocking me? I, I meditate. I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, what's blocking me? What, where is it at? And I'll be surprised sometimes of where I find the blocks. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's it's this or it's that. And it's not, that's not going to get me where I need to go. So again, I have to do that shift. And But I would rather do the shift that, and grow than remain here when I really want to go here, you know, and it takes work. It does take work. I think too, sometimes like if you have the right, you know, husband, wife partnership, uh, people and people surrounded with that have the ability to, you know, believe in you, want you to do it. Yeah. You know, people love you. They want, they say, Hey, I don't, you know, don't want to be get uh, scared, get hurt. Don't, don't do that. That's not worth your time. It's the effort. What you're going to stream a hundred dollars a month, 200, 300. Like why do that? Just live and relax. They're used to that. That's okay. That's their life. Why not for our life? Choose what we want. You want to get to a million dollars a year? Great. Here's the numbers. How to get there? Eighty-four k a month. Uh, you know, and here's how you start breaking it down and start focusing on it and working with the right people, the right coaches, mentors, and you know, having a good network who who are doing the same thing. It'll help you it'll help elevate you quicker rather than going in all alone quietly. Don't tell your wife, husband, you know, partner that hey, I'm going to start building something out. And, you know, it's ridiculous, right? Well, sometimes you do have to separate though. Like you have to. Um... Um, I was at a, 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 a get together this last weekend with just all entrepreneurs and investors and all of them were doing really well. And, you know, I just looked around and I, you know, I was just like, I'm not in the same circle I was five years ago. You know, I'm sitting across from millionaires, you know, and they're just like me. We're, we're going out and hanging out and we're friends and you, you have to change your circle. You have to, uh, sometimes you have to not communicate with certain people because if they'll drag your vision down just stop talking to them don't be upset you know what i mean don't it's just the way it is you know but you better get yourself around some people that are where you want to go you know because that is crucial you know so all of us were together and we were having a barbecue and the energy in that house was so high. Me, I, I was with a friend and she and I left and we were like on a high for two days. You know what I'm saying? And even to this day, like you kind of get into that mode and it's so important, you know, and you can't be isolated as an entrepreneur or an investor, you know, and again, I have to go back to the land investing. The um, one thing that I just was shocked about was when I started getting into the land profit generator, the amount of support that I got from the group was I'd never had any kind of career where people were believing in me, where people were like, yeah, you got this. Yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Talk to me. How, how are you going to figure it out? And when that happens, you're like, oh my gosh, you, you feel like humbled. You feel so grateful and you need to function in a, in a mode of gratefulness you know, and it just comes to you even more, you know, and that's phenomenal. Nice. What does LPG do anyways? Like, how do they help you um, grow your business? So like, what's their coaching program about? So um, the coaching program is set up for a two, basically two different uh, entry points. One is if you're brand new, it can help you accelerate. So all of the coaches in the LPG 
have are, are doing their successful land investors. They're not just, they didn't read a book and tell you how to do it. They're doing it themselves. Every one of the coaches is running a business. So, and all of us have pretty much gone through coaching um, uh, ourselves. So they help people who want to kind of accelerate and move quicker. They don't want to wait. Like it took me a year and a half to uh, realize I needed a coach. <laughs> you know, I probably could have excelled a lot quicker, but you know, I, I had my own journey. So one of the things they can do is they can help you accelerate and learn quicker and get there faster. Um, or if you're like I was, I needed help. I could do deals, but I needed help with scaling my business. And that's another function that they help with. So they help in the beginning phase and they help with the scaling phase. And again, so the, also another thing is once you join into coaching, you have access to all these coaches that are just, even I even reach out to the coaches because sometimes I'm like, how are you guys doing this? You know, it's, it's a community and that is, that is key too. It's a community. It's not like any other, I mean, your, your local RIA, that's a community too. And it's a great community, but it, the niche is the land. So the topic is specific to what you're doing. So um, there's just so many benefits to it. I couldn't agree more. I think really having a good, um, you know, mentoring program, good coaching, a good a community makes a lot of sense. It makes it so much faster. Like even for myself, I waited so long to do uh, work with other great um, investors, other great agents and coaches and like realize that, hey, this, they're sharing their experiences, the things you can't buy easily. You can't find this experience and things, all the difficult things they went to, they just told you exactly what to do, how to get out of it, how to buy it, how to do it. That just accelerates your business so much more. And even if you think of this as a cost, it's really not a cost. It's really an investment. And as long as you find the right group of people that you want to work with and invest into it, then the more that it'll be better for you beneficially to scale your business faster rather than say, hey, I'll take 10 years to do it when you could have done it in one year. Absolutely. And, and you said it right. I, I made a video once. It's called "Spend That Money," <laughs> you know, because you're going to spend it, yeah. but it's going to come back tenfold. So, like, spend the stinking money. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do it. You know, people be like, "Oh, that's too. That's a lot of money." Well, you know what? What's the what's the price you're paying for not doing it? Yeah, they don't think about that. Short term versus long term. Like, yeah, it costs let's say five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Don't go find no internet guru. Find the real people, the real people who are investing, who have knowledge. They're even sharing someone with you at lo local events. Talk to them first. Ask a lot of questions, and then when you feel comfortable, consider it. Right. That's right. I, I was talking to somebody one day, and they were talking about using a financial in, uh, uh, planner, and I said, "Does that financial planner make more than you?" And they were like, oh, I don't know. I said, I would never use a financial planner that isn't making, you know, seven figures or, you know, I wouldn't do it. Why? You know, why would I do that? You know, so same, same example. You know, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go to uh, hire somebody to help me in my fitness and my health if they yeah. weren't fit or healthy. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah, I can just sell it to you. Here's my experience based on not doing it. I'm just telling you out of a book I just read. Uh, but yeah, I'm not fit. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how to get six pack when I don't even have one, right? That's like okay. That's really motivating, you know. You're eating a donut and then you're making me work out, you know. And if they're super fit, you're like, okay, he can do it. She can do it. I'm gonna follow her and him to make it happen. They probably know what to eat. They probably know how to work out really well. They're probably experts at it. You can tell exactly. by their body, right? 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. That, that experience really matters, and they're just showing you quickly how to do it, and they're going to give you all the tips they learned, and that's just so valuable to really find like a teacher, a coach, a mentor. They're invaluable. You can't, it's hard, you know? Yeah, that's right, and and that's and that's worth the money. <laughs> but again, that's another mind shift. That's another mind shift. Some people won't put out any money for themselves. They I can just go online. I can look at YouTube and Google it, right? I can learn everything for free. Why am I going to pay for coaching? Right, that's right. But but they fail to realize the community that can come with it. They fail to realize there's just I can't. My coach, I loved my coach, and even to this day, we talk every single week. You know, and I'm, and I'm done with, co he's a co-coach with me also, you know, but like, and some of us do deals together. You know what I mean? Like I was on the phone earlier today with a, another coach and we're looking to buy multifamilies. You know, we're land investors, but we're taking our money and we're going to buy other income producing assets together, you know, because nice. we like all love each other. <laughs> Exactly. And you're paying, you're paying for that accountability too. Like if there's no skin in the game, everything's free. You're really not going to take accountability to it. When you start paying, you feel the pain and you're going to pay, you're going to do everything you can to make sure you're making your money's worth. You know, but one would think, <laughs> one would think, although there are sometimes people pay, for, I have, I've paid for one coaching that um, I never used it and I wasn't fully invested. It just looked like I would want to do it. I was like, Oh, that looks like something I would want to do. Whatever. <laughs> yeah that happens too i'm sure many people pay for gym membership for years and years right. and years and it never went right because it's, it's hard you're gonna really want to eat and work out you know it's not easy yeah. nothing's easy yeah yeah you have to make habits you have to change habits it's the habit yeah the habit takes 90 plus days to even get the habit going so you really have to just do every single day as part of your goal and put it on your board and do it and after 90 plus days then it'll start to become a habit before that nothing matters yet until you get to that number i have a friend she goes she says uh in 30 days i'm gonna lose i know by thursday i'm gonna lose 30 pounds by thursday, <laughs> okay, by thursday. and i was like Girl, that ain't not that is not happening. But do you know she says that all the time and she's starting to lose weight? It's just she's, you know, by Thursday I'm gonna lose 30 pounds. So now she's probably at by Thursday I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she's setting her mind, she's trying to train her mind too, but set the date a little farther out. <laughs> right, but but it's it's that repetition, like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. You know, okay, when she first told me, I was like, Thursday no way it's totally impossible but again i've heard people who were like in uh camps like uh, work camps and they were saying to themselves you know by like monday i'm going to get out on monday i'm going to get out and that's what actually what helped them survive you nice. know it's, it's that um I, I don't i don't there's probably a word for it but you know it's just that reinforcement yeah the affirmation reinforcement and the mindset shift that gets you there Mm-hmm. definitely Perfect. Yeah, it's about time to wrap up our show. Um, before we wrap up too, Christina, thank you so much for being on our show and telling us more about land investing. How do people reach out to you and like, how do they do deals with you? And then how do they learn more about um, LPG and, and so forth? So if you want to find me, there's a couple different ways you can find me. One would be on Instagram. It's Christina underscore 13 walls. Um, that's Instagram. Facebook, it's just Christina walls. It's the one that looks like me. I'm not the famous singer. <laughs> um, and if you want to learn about land investing, there's a uh, link. It's www.landfundingfund.com. And Matthew, you should have it. It's probably somewhere you could 
put in, uh, put somebody could just click on it. And that'll lead you to like just an introductory webinar to land. And it will um, just kind of give you um, some information on it. Or if you want to reach out to me, you know, again, I would say uh, Facebook, Instagram is probably the best uh, way of finding me. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. So everyone, be sure to check out Christina Walls and reach out to her on Facebook and Instagram, and we will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for being on our show today, Christina, uh, The Truth About Real Estate, and everyone have a great day.